Welcome to the Snowboarding Podcast, All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Snowboarding. I'm Chris Rogers. And I'm Nick Alfieri. This is the podcast where myself and Chris talk about all the life lessons we've learned from snowboarding, not just the good ones, but some of the struggles we've had along the way. So please stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome back to All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Snowboarding. This is episode 16. Happy holidays. It's been a while. It's been a long time. We took a little bit of a break. We've both been traveling all over the world, leading clinics and training and getting to explore a little bit the last month. And we we had a hard time connecting and, and getting episodes recorded. So we're back with episode 16. This week, we're going to focus on how to survive your rookie year. That's what we're focusing on. But before we jump into that, Chris, where have you been for the last month? Early December, I jumped over to Central Division, did some events in Michigan, up at Boyne Highlands, working with Central Division at their director summit. I got back and had a little bit of work here in Vail and then jumped over to Niseko, Japan, and was over there for 13 days. Got back here, had a week of busy Christmas holiday work, and then jumped back over to Central Division for the same event over in Minnesota. They do kind of a west side of the lake, east side of the lake, same event for ski school directors to get together and, and talk about what's going on in their region, as well as some training with trainers and, and instructors at the resorts over there. So really cool getting out to Central Division and, and hanging out with the members there. And hi to all the listeners. It felt like everyone in Minnesota that's an instructor listens to our show. So that was that was pretty cool to, to chat with some of our listeners. Awesome. Very cool. Very where Where were you? So I was in China, I led a few exams, and then I also led a freestyle camp over there, which was which was pretty cool. And China's great because snowboarding seems to be so new there. And not, not totally new, but it's newer than it is here. So people are still pretty excited about it. And that's, that's a cool experience. So I got to spend Christmas in China. This is my third Christmas I've spent in China. Um, so yeah. Um, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. It was wild being in Japan for Christmas. And, you know, like, it's like there's one day that's Christmas versus in the States, you have the whole holiday season. Yeah. There was a hotel uh, that, that was nearby one of the base areas, and they set up their Christmas tree on the 24th and took it down on the 26th. Like, yeah. that was Christmas. Yeah. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and it was gone the next day. And, yeah. you know, just such a different atmosphere. I don't know if you found the same thing being in China, but yeah. the just the differences in how that works in different different countries. Definitely felt felt different in China and super similar. It's a, it's a day, um, not a season. Yeah. Although I will say my hotel did play Christmas music for the whole entire week. That was, that was just as annoying in China as it is here. It turns out. The, uh, you did also have a dancing Santa, <laughs> didn't you? Yes, there was, um, there was a Chinese guy dressed up as Santa Claus dancing to electronic music all Christmas day at the bottom of the hill which was pretty cool. <laughs> that sounds like a perk all of its own. <laughs> yep. So, so yeah, definitely different, um, but very cool. We should probably do an episode all about China. I mean, we've both been over there leading yep. events and, and Asia and China is driving the snowboard market right now, especially with yep. the 2022 Olympics being in Beijing. So actually we should probably do an episode on that. We could call it lessons learned from China. Lessons learned from China. Yep. And, and how, how the things we like and maybe some things we could take back to here. So yeah, all I really need to know, I learned snowboarding in China. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Let's get into this week's episode, which is how to survive your rookie year. Yeah. So this is one that came from you guys and asking, asking questions about going into your first season instructing. There's a lot of apprehension. You got a lot of training. You got a lot of hoops to jump through. And then all of a sudden it's Christmas holiday season. You're slammed. You've got all kinds of work. And then that work falls off a cliff in early January for a lot of people. And we get back into training. 
I think back to my rookie year and, and some of the things that I did. I know Nick kind of same idea for you. Some of the things that we've both done that that helped us survive our first couple of years and then how you use that moving into turning this into a career and not just a job. For surviving your rookie year after you get through the Christmas break and that busy season, the number one thing for me is don't turn down work. You might want to take a big break and start backlining, but it's the work gets thin. It really does. So not turning down work. It's real easy to get behind in this type of industry where it's feast and famine. So you got to take the work when you can get it. So that's that's one of the big things I found for me is my rookie year was being willing to work, not not backlining after the holidays too much. Yeah, it's it's always good, you know, when you're feeling tired taking a day off or if there's a huge powder day, maybe you want to go go ride that day, but you've got to pick and choose. And I, I think we all know instructors who perpetually backline and all of a sudden they find themselves in a hole where now they have to work because they've they've backlined too much and and you know, or they're they're now maybe not making ends meet because they've they've turned down too much work. What did you find for your rookie year with some of the strategies you put in place to survive it? So I think, you know, rookie year is a really exciting time in in the ski and snowboard schools. There's there's so much energy and, you know, you're making new friends in the locker room and everyone always wants to go out for beers after work. And there's a lot you can do just in terms of kind of managing your spend as well as your intake. I know a lot of instructors that kind of use their tip money as that extra money, the paychecks, what's going to pay the bills. And then the tip money, you know, you kind of put some of that aside as you're as you're spending money, but just being really careful about your finances and, and prepping for the down, down times. It's really easy when you're working uh, through the holidays and you're booked every day and you know, you're getting some private requests and maybe you're getting some tips and, and that, that cash flow income starts to look really good. And you're like, oh, everything's great. It's really easy. I can do whatever I want now. And then the business volumes drop off. You kind of have to start to understand that ebb and flow of work. And just because you just got a big payday, don't go out and spend that all at once know that there's going to be another payday that's going to be a little bit less. And so, you know, trying to budget a little bit and, and plan for some of those slow seasons. Yeah. With the title, All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Snowboarding, one of the things I learned was budgeting. <laughs> it's so important to actually learn how to budget. And that was something that teaching snowboarding taught me how to do. Did you did you have to have a second job when you were teaching your so first year? I, would say, I think that's probably one of the other big strategies to surviving your rookie year is having a supporting job. And I, and I don't know if it's necessarily a second job. I was doing wildland firework in the summer and I was making enough money in the summer that I could put enough aside to help support my winter. So I didn't have a second job at first in the winter, Yeah. but I did have income in the summer that helped me support myself in the winter. Uh, and that was a big strategy for me. And I, I think most people either need a second job in the winter their first couple of years or need that summer income or like side hustle job that's going to help cover some of those expenses early on. Yeah, I've seen a lot of instructors do well with a part-time secondary job. I have seen instructors suffer if it's like a full-time, five nights a week, I have to get off work and run to the bar to to bartend or run, run to the restaurant to wait tables. I think that that you can overdo it actually. So having a nice part-time job a couple nights a week or something can really help support, especially during the lean times. I think that's super important. But something else for surviving your rookie year is if you don't want to just be perpetually in a rookie year over and over and over again, you need to get certified. Now is the time to Go to training. If you're not working and you're going to get excused from work and your resort has a training offering to help you go for the level one, or, or maybe you did your level one and you're starting to think about that level two, now is the time to do it. 
don't take your foot off the gas. You can take your foot off the gas later. You know, when you're cruising and everything's cruisy, now is the time to keep your foot on the gas and keep going. One of the best things I ever did was I went after certifications early, my rookie years, and that made it so much easier every year after that. Yeah, 100%. I think certification as a way to survive the rookie year, if you're fortunate enough to work at a resort that reimburses certification, that makes it a lot easier. But also PSIA and ASI and many of the divisions offer scholarships to help you get to those certifications. And talking about the title of our show and starting to look at areas where teaching skiing and snowboarding has helped us in other areas, learning about compound interest is something you can definitely <laughs> learn from certification, right? Yeah. You get your level one your first year, maybe you get your CS1 or an FS1 as well. You get a couple of those pay bumps. Think about if you do this for 10 years, how many hours you're working over those 10 seasons, right? Yeah. That Those little... 25 cent, 50 cent dollar pay raises add up over that time to actually pretty significant amounts of money. And that's just in the pay raises. If most ski schools offer some kind of priority as well. So you're going to get better lessons. You're going to get more work. You're going to get work earlier in the season. You're going to get work later in the season. That is an additional piece of that. So your rookie year, maybe you work 200 hours or 300 hours because you're uncertified. You go into your second year with cert one or cert two, maybe you're going to work 500 hours because you're able to get more of those lessons and generate more work. That all compounds into a lot of additional money over a 10 or 15 year span. Yeah, that's that that's it's it's really a no brainer. I really struggle when I hear instructors say like, well, it's just it's so expensive. I get if you can't afford it. Like I understand if you if you don't have the money to, to get certified to try to reach out for scholarships. But if you can budget a little bit better, save drinking a few beers a couple nights a week to actually build up the money it takes to go get certified, oh, it, it really makes your life so much easier. And not only that, but you get that pay rise. Typically, most resorts who offer a pay rise immediately. So you start making that money back. You're making more money that rookie year already. So that can help uh, towards the end of the season after spring break slows down. It can be really easy to, to make a little bit more money that way. Yeah, and that's another area where, you know, going back to the, to the last topic about a, a second job, sometimes I've seen those secondary jobs cut into the ability to get certified. And so you kind of have a foot in both sides for too long. Yeah. You, don't, you, you don't quite have time to train or to go to certification because of the second job. And so you're not making more money in either of those jobs. And at some point it's like, man, if this is going to be something you want to do season after season, yeah. you're going to have to make that investment. You're going to have to take the time to train and go for certification. And a lot of that can be lateral. It doesn't have to go level one, two, three. You can go level one in snowboard and alpine or telemark, adaptive. You can yeah. go across to some of the other level ones that are fairly easy introduction to that discipline. Yeah. And then look at your CS and your FS and you know slowly build those with the less intense exams and then work your way up to that level two. But you know, at, at a lot of the resorts, if you get your, your alpine and your snowboard level one, you're already looking at a couple dollars an hour more than you were before. Yeah. And then what I recommend to instructors at resorts that, that have reimbursement is when you get that reimbursement back, don't go spend it. That money is now the seed money for your next certification. Put it in the bank or put it in a drawer with a label on it that says Cert 2 and start adding to that with tip money or start adding to it with whatever. And all of a sudden you've got $500 sitting in an envelope and that's your level two fund, right? So you start paying it forward and looking at it as an investment in your next certification. Yeah, I think that's, that's really great. It, budgeting is so key. Budgeting and and making your making your um, your money last and like you say putting it forward is so so key. Um, the last piece of advice I would have for surviving your rookie year 
is talk to the old dogs in your locker room. Seek out advice like those those crusty old guys and girls who who've been doing this forever and been doing this, you know, for a really long time. They've got some good advice and some good tricks and anything from hey, how do I how do I sell a private lesson out of a group lesson? How do you do it? What what's some what's some tactics you have? You know, learn. Your rookie year is such a great time to learn, and so go out and seek the advice and the opinions of the people who have been doing this forever. Like hopefully you have someone like that in your locker room who you can talk to and ask them for some advice. Definitely take those opportunities because A, you'll get a lot out of it, but you'll also build relationships with those people. And part of, of having a fulfilling job and, and, and feeling like you're invested in what you do is having good relationships when you go to work. And it can be a great way to do that. I love that you went there. That's exactly what I was thinking for the last tip as well. Finding a mentor, finding somebody in your locker room that's going to help you, that can talk you through their first couple of seasons at your resort. And, you know, Nick and I both work in Rocky Mountain. We both work for the same company. We've had a lot of similar experiences in how we came through. And somebody in your locker room who's been there for a decade, 15 years, 20 years, is going to know those ins and outs at your resort and going to be able to help you with that. Or if you work in a, in a smaller resort, maybe it's somebody at a nearby resort or somebody within the division that can help you out. And I know those relationships can be pretty huge. Um, I, I know of trainers that have helped sponsor certification for, for people that they truly believe in to help get them their certification. And um, you know, building those relationships, learning the ins and outs. What do they carry in their pockets? What do they have in the locker room? What, do, what are their secret go-to spots for, for clients that are having trouble with X, Y, or Z, right? All of that is so specific to the mountain and the resort. And, and having that person, building that relationship with someone that's worked there, that's, that's key. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Anything else, Chris, you want to add? I think that pretty well sums it up for me. We'd love to hear from you about your rookie year. Are there uh, specific questions you have if, if this is a uh, rookie year for you or if you've mentored somebody through their rookie year, what have you seen? Jump on our Facebook page, share some comments on the, on the post there, and uh, we'd love to hear what you've seen in early instructor years. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. Um, as always, you can always email us at learnedfromsnowboarding at gmail.com. Happy holidays and enjoy this next slow season we have ahead of us. Hey, and guess what? We've got another episode coming next week. We're back on a regular schedule, so you won't have to wait as long again. <laughs> yep, that is true. Thank you. All I Really Need to Know I Learned From Snowboarding is a podcast by me, Nick Alfieri. And me, Chris Rogers. If you have thoughts on this week's episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can continue the conversation with us and other listeners on our Facebook page. You can also email us questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to discuss at our email address, learnedfromsnowboarding at gmail.com. If you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe, write a review, and help others find our show. Thanks for listening.